there's always this thing where someone really ingratiates themselves into some kind of family or band or something. It, maybe it happens quite often with uh, Star Trek where Tasha Yar is kind of that Denise Crosby. You know, mm-hmm. she's like, I don't want to mm-hmm. be a part of this. And then once it becomes successful, she's like, I want to be a part of this again. Um, Riker and Troy are kind of that way, but not quite as extreme. They're now apparently just contractually obligated to appear in every single Star Trek series that comes along at this point, and which is not a, uh, a knock against the quality of their appearance here, but they definitely are the uh, the ones who are most game to be up for anything, really, to just just insert themselves in any kind of Star Trek property going forward. Which, I mean, good move on their part, because Riker is is the get, you know? He's yeah. the one that everybody... He's like at the top of everybody's list. So he's the central well. character now. He's the, he's like right. the, the yeah. Anakin Skywalker of Star Wars. He's just... Everything revolves around him. I hope... I mean, I hope they continue the trend in the third season of Discovery ends with Riker showing up and saving everybody. Yeah. It's good. I like... Uh, I always liked Riker as a character. I think he's underrated. I like Frakes. I like Frakes as a person and an actor. Uh, mm-hmm. Riker's he doesn't a, take himself too seriously. No, he doesn't nice. take himself seriously, and uh, I think that that uh, that works to his favor here. I think, and uh, the only other, maybe the minor point about this is it's not just John Delancey who sounds different when animated because I don't think Riker or Frakes sounds like Frakes when he's animated, and they put him through mm-hmm. whatever vocal processing they're doing. I thought Deanna uh, Deanna Troy or Marina Sirtis sounds the same, but she has kind of a unique vocal quality to her that they can't really hide, but. Uh, I'm surprised. I guess they just do a lot of vocal production work on them to make them sound well, a little bit different. Yeah, you know, and everybody's older and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember. Uh, but I think he <clears throat> sa- he sounds the same in Picard, but he sounds different True. here. Like yeah. it, I had the same thing where I was like, "Is that really Frakes? It doesn't sound exactly like him." But I think the visual always helps too. Yeah. Like if you can see the person, then it's it's easier to tell. I remember uh, when the Ghostbusters video game came out, I was shocked at how different um, Bill Murray sounded. Mm. Uh, but then I realized I don't think that he was really ta- – I, I don't know if he was taking it super seriously because the performance that he gives is not one of his best. Yeah. It's it's like he did the entire <laughs> – it's like he, he was in the recording booth and just decided he was going to do it like he was a soft rock radio DJ. Mm-hmm. So all of all of his lines are kind of kind of in this register when it's, it's, it's not really – you're not really getting the full Peter Venkman. You're just sort of getting Peter Venkman after dark. After you know? dark, yeah. <laughs> just get a lot of that uh, quiet proxim- storm. proximity effect of the mic. Just speak really close into the mic. Yeah. Um, let's take a break. We'll play a clip from this episode, which is called No Small Parts. And then we'll come back and we'll break it down. Plasma ring scan is complete, Captain Dayton. I love the Rubidoux, but nothing beats a brand new ship. Hey, who peeled this film off the weapons panel? Come on, guys. <sighs> I want the Solvang to be perfect for as long as possible. Hey, take those shoes off right now! What? Oh, oh, what the hell was that? We're being fired upon. Raise shield, red alert. Get us out of here! Oh. Shields at 10%! Ah! Direct hit to main engines! All right, so No Small Parts is the 10th and final episode of the first season of Star Trek Lower Decks. It came out on October 8th, 2020, written by Mike McMahon, directed by Barry J. Kelly. In-universe date is unknown, but it's 2380. In this episode, the USS Ceratos enters uh, or encounters a familiar enemy. Tendi helps a struggling recruit find her footing. It's the best Star Trek movie of the last 
six Star Trek. No, yes, six Star Trek. Well, they're not counting the Kelvin ones. I won't say it's the best Star Trek movie in a while. I guess is the way I would describe <laughs> this one. A twenty-two minute <laughs> Star Trek movie. Uh, this was the most overtly referential. I thought it's written by the showrunner. Uh, it uh, it pulls out like all the stops in terms of making references to things mm. it's from the pack lids to the return of the archons, which is the joke that opens it. Uh, unabashedly, Ransom calls it the TOS era, <laughs> and, yes. you know, and so. <laughs> uh, but it's good. I I thought this one continued the trend of the season, got better as it went along, and I think it ended on a pretty high note. And I was kind of shocked mm. by where they, how much, who knows how long these changes are going to last. But they changed the st- they changed the status quo at the end quite a bit in terms of what the characters yeah. are doing and where they are at that point. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, it it did very much have the feeling of like, uh, just in case we don't get another season, let's just throw it all at the wall. Yeah, uh, everything that I want to do, let's do it. Which they are producing um, right now, a second season. So it is. Oh, common. cool. Yeah. Which you know I appreciate because you know you, you you don't know how many times at, how, at bat you're going to have and like I I remember when the Flash show started. Uh, when they got to the end of the first season of The Flash, I was listening to an interview with the with the showrunner, and he was like, "Honestly, we didn't know if we were ever going to do another season. So why be coy about shit? Just do what you want to do. If you want to start talking about a multiverse, go ahead. Why not? Yep. The worst thing that happens is you get renewed, and then you get to play in the multiverse. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that kind of thing where it's no point in being coy about it. Right. Um. And yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was. It was. It was. It was different than I expected because I was expecting the Mariner, 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 Mariner's mom being revealed yeah, the, the thing to thing. be like the focus point, focal point, and it was to an ex- only for like the first ten minutes or so, and then it kind of went off into this other story, which I which Doesn't I appreciated matter. because yeah. I I thought it was better yeah, for it, yeah, yeah, because I think I don't know how much how much meat there really is to that story, and and it at it, it, the very least it. Uh, it probably served the story better the way they played it as a lead into how how the relationship stands at the end. Yeah, there's really no um, there's really no conflict from that secret. Like they they didn't they mm. didn't do anything to establish why it would be a problem. So when they got to this point, it's just kind of like yeah, they, you know they make a handful of jokes about like all the crew members start sucking up to Mariner because they want to get mm-hmm. close to Freeman. But that's that's pretty much the extent of what it is. They realize that they realize that they don't really have. There's no dramatic way to go with that storyline. Right. It's like, the, what's the crew going to do? Mutiny or something? There's no, there's nothing that right. you can really change about it. So they, they smartly abandon it. It's barely a thread throughout the season. It kind of ends it on, on a happy place. But it's this was mostly just. I was impressed. It was like a pretty cinematic animated episode. There was mm. a, there was a lot of you know, just from the ships being attacked by the pack led ship to the running down the hallways to the fight sequences to the explosions to the character deaths uh like Shaxx dies on this one i know i was surprised wasn't it didn't see that coming no didn't see i did I mean, and who's, who's to say he won't have a wrath of khan resurrection next season but um at least at least in this show they took their uh their security officer out in a blaze of glory instead of in a goop of oil yeah like mariner says he's he's out yelling in somebody's face or something and hoping to, to punch somebody's mm-hmm. lights up but he has a good line of only when he him and rutherford are like flying towards the pack lid ship he just screams this is the best day of my life yes um <laughs> yeah i i thought this one was it was a good season ender to an animated show i thought that it was contained i felt like the um what i what i really felt 
has developed in the the late episodes and this one in particular is that their um I think their scripts got better in in terms of balancing storylines against each other. Uh, mm-hmm. Early on, it was very rudimentary. It was like an A and B cutting back and forth between the two of them constantly, and mm-hmm. um, especially in this one, they did a good job of everyone is doing something at the same time and they balance it well to keep the the pace up the entire way. It, it just seemed more mature of a script uh, as opposed to the early stuff that we got. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on too. Like there's like five different plot lines all going at the same time. Like every every character has their own plot line essentially. Yep. Any every main character. And, uh, and they all <clears throat> they all tie up pretty well. Like they all kind of feed into each other and they uh none of them really seem superfluous. Um yeah, it was good well written. Introduced my new favorite character who is the uh Starfleet truther. <laughs> Oh the yeah, Starfleet the, the, conspiracy the, theorist. What is it? The founders don't exist, and the Dominion yeah. War was all was false flag or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mar- Mariner went on a date with him. It makes sense that he would be out there. I suppose some sort of questioning uh, QAnon person. Uh, Tendi gets the opening, the little blurb credit here about the Cerritos encounters a familiar enemy, which is the Packlets, and Tendi helps a struggling recruit find her footing. Not really wow. the main plot of that. Yeah, episode. way to bury the lead on that one. Yeah. Honestly, that one felt more like it was an excuse to bring back the exocomps who are from TNG uh, and just have them as a character, which is kind of cute, but it didn't. Is that what the the robot person yeah, was? It's an exo- exocomp. Yeah. Oh, um, I, I don't I don't remember that at all. They were in an episode where they were developed to do this very dangerous work on a uh, Starfleet base, and then Data and Jordy discover that they are developing an intelligence, and it becomes this mm. question of whether or not they can make the robots do things if they don't want to do them and stuff like that. Uh, but that's uh, what that is. And, and I didn't... Um, <clears throat> I don't know if it's from this season or from a different show, but the, the the villains who show up, those are previously existing villains? Yep, they're from the first season of TNG. Packleds, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't remember that at all either. Yep. I did uh, like that they thought every ship was the Enterprise, though. Yeah, <laughs> the Enterprise. Yeah, they're they're famous. They're um, what's actually kind of neat about it is that their whole gimmick here, where they're stealing other people's technology and they've built this super ship out of it, mm-hmm. is what they were doing in the TNG episode. They weren't saying that they were building a super ship, but their the gimmick in that episode is that they trick people into helping them and then they steal their technology from them. Mm. Uh, but they're stupid. Other than that, they talk a lot of like, "We need ship go. You make us go," and they they talk oh, like I that. Uh, so they, I uh, I for a second before they they took. They showed the the captain and stuff. I thought I thought it might have been the um, that creature that they created a few episodes ago that was just oh. absorbing all the stuff. Yeah. I thought it might have been that coming back. I but. did too, actually. Although there's a couple episodes where things were absorbing technology, so I That's wondered true. if it was yeah. just going to be that. But uh, when I read the familiar enemy, well, I guess familiar enemy could play that way as well. I, I expected more of a callback. I, I vaguely thought it was going to be Borg. For a little bit, it seemed like mm-hmm. it had potential to be that. I'm glad they didn't. And it's much more of a lower decks thing to have it be the pack leads and just. What I like about it is that they they took the TNG plot and they kind of played it to a natural progression as to where that episode mm. implied things would go, and they, they made an episode out of it. I thought it was pretty clever, and every ship is the yeah. Enterprise. Another yeah. Enterprise since this showed up. It's good. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I have very few complaints about this one. I thought... Uh I thought the stuff with Mariner was really fun. Um, it makes me wonder at the end what if uh, if Boimler is gone for good because again this is another one where Boimler ends up on the back burner to everybody else and I wonder if they're like yeah well maybe we don't need this guy yeah do the, do the um, you mean the writers so they're like do we need this character yeah, do we even yeah. exist here anymore it's true yeah, it doesn't interesting it doesn't carry weight the there's not much to say about the Boimler. P 
piece that's that if he gets posted to the Titan at that and it ends with him just on the other ship and Mariner trying to get mm. in contact with him, I could see him never coming back. And I don't think it's a loss for the show, really. They could mm. easily replace him uh, with someone more zany. Like I just to previously refer, I'd rather bring back the uh, conspiracy theory guy. <laughs> Seems like a character yeah. who's got more of a personality than um, Boimler does. Rutherford, Rutherford's was interesting because... I would have appreciated his mind wipe. I start over as a new character if I knew anything about his character this season. Sure, really. like the, sure, yeah. All that I really know is that he had that metal face piece, and he kind of is like a people pleaser. And they mm. wiped that, and it would have been more maybe funny and uh, interesting if he had actually grown or something through the entire season. And then they just wipe it out at the end, but. Yeah, he gets his uh, face ripped off pretty violently, and then he's just a new character at this point, and we're going to get a new Rutherford, I would assume. Yeah, um, I don't know how I don't know how new he's really going to be. He seemed pretty similar at the end, but uh, <clears throat> I uh, it must have been a really f- a really fun recording day for that guy as they're cycling through all the different um, personalities. I wonder if they were just like throwing ideas at him, and they just used the ones that they liked, or right. if they had them written into the script. Does the performance come you know, first? It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, okay, now say that same line, but now you're a cowboy. Yeah. All right, now do the same line, but now you're terrified. But now do the same line, but now you're angry, you know? Yep, yep. No, it was, it was, it was good for him. And occasionally they they did a good job of just like one-off lines he would have would just be in a random voice that you could maybe identify right. as to what it is, right. or maybe you can't identify it. Because some of them are, you see his like RoboCop vision where it shows you what he's selected, and the, but it's, some of them aren't that way, which I thought was kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Good place to sneak in more Star Trek references too. I don't. I can't remember mm. any off the top of my head. But I also, I also really appreciated when they showed Kirk and Spock. They used an image from the original cartoon. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was nice. <laughs> Makes sense, right? That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Um, yeah. And outside of that, Tendi does fine. She does her usual thing. Uh, she has the friend with the exocomp, and then the doctor. Um, I will. I do have one quibble with with the way that they've been using tendy i think uh i think they keep going back to the same joke well with her and i and i don't think it's helping her character wise because like three different times in this episode they did that bit where like there's a serious moment where she has like the serious realization but then it's undercut by this other kind of jokey thing like when she at the end when Rutherford wakes up, she's like, oh, you don't remember me at all? And then there's like this this uh, poignant pause. Yeah. And then she's like, that means we get to be best friends all over again. Right. You know, they, they do that a lot with her. And I think it's it's kind of getting in the way of me understanding like what she's really about. Um, and it, it reminds me of uh, in, in the second um, Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It's like the one note that everybody took from the first one was it was really funny when Drax laughs at people. Yeah. And so the entire second movie is just Drax laughing maniacally at people. And it's like, okay, it works like one or two times, but every single line he has in that movie is like laughing. Yeah. And, and it just, the, the joke wears out. Um, and with Tendi, yeah, I wish, I wish they, I wish she had a little bit more to her other than just this like unbridled optimism. But yeah, I, I feel that applies to the three of them, except for Mariner. The Mariner is the fourth, so it doesn't apply to that. Sure. But I feel, I feel like Boimler, Tendi, and Rutherford are not the main characters, really, in the way that Mariner is, because Mariner actually had somewhat of a mini arc, I guess you could say, mm. across this yeah. season, where she, like, oh, she had, she had yeah. development. 
the others don't really. Their jokes typically and their their plot lines rely on just the one character thing that that you know that they do. Where Boimler's kind of a suck up. Uh, Rutherford is eager to please and has that Vulcan thing, and then Tendy is just wants to be everybody's friend and isn't phased is not phased by anything that doesn't upset that status quo of her wanting to make friends basically. Mm. So it was fine. It's, um, I think that the way that they started writing the scripts and, and like episodes like this is that the, um, the characters later on and in this episode kind of feel like they, the universe that the scripts are writing feels more like it's organic to me than a reference fest. So it, it feels like mm. they kind of exist in this world in the way that early on, I don't think they really felt that way because it felt like it was just like, here's an away mission. This is the, these are the characters that we're going to insert into this template. But here it feels like the references that they make feel like they come more organically from things. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's me just getting used to the show or if they're getting better at writing it and inserting it into it. But I, I think it makes the show feel um, more true to the universe in a lot of ways, mm. too. Like it, the tone is still there as a comedy, but it feels truer to what like the Star Trek franchise tends to feel like. Well, they set up, <clears throat> they actually uh, used the callback, uh, the TOS callback at the beginning as a setup for the rest of the episode, actually, like in a kind of sly manner, as well as undercutting the way that if you if you practically, if you take a step back from the TV show and look at the Star Trek and Starfleet, Star Trek universe and Starfleet from like a realistic, practical perspective, they make the comment that Starfleet's really good at, 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 uh, observing they're not really a uh, uh they're what is, I, he, they're really good at observing they're not that great at following up or something like that yeah, i think is the yeah, line yeah and that is essentially what causes the is the cause of the villain right mm-hmm. if this yeah. is a, a villain that uh exists in tng that they dealt with and then they just left alone this thing has been building up on its own and now it's come back to roost right. you know, or whatever metaphor you want to cross here um Kirk's so computer came back and the packlets came back. So it's yeah. yeah, it's it's once you um once your episode ends, Lower Decks is assuming that the universe continues in a way that is antithetical yeah. to TNG because TNG by its episodic nature that universe ended the moment the moment you walk away from that planet the planet ceases to exist and Lower right. Decks is saying right. Lower Decks is um interestingly Lower Decks is maybe the most interesting way to add serialization to Star Trek, which is to return to plots that you haven't seen in a long time mm-hmm. and do it in a... Well, I would say that the show itself is episodic and it's not really serialized. The plot lines that they use are serialized versions of original episodes. It's kind of a neat way yeah. to take it. Yeah. Would you say... Maybe this is giving the show too much credit. Um would you say that Lower Decks has more to say about the Star Trek universe than Discovery does? Yeah, it does. Because if you, yeah, because if you look at the other shows that they've done, TNG has a definite outlook on the universe and the Star Trek universe, where it it makes its own thing, but it also lives and 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 kind of comments on what came before. Deep Space Nine absolutely does that. Voyager, I honestly don't really know because I'm not really. that familiar with it. Enterprise to a point enterprise um, does it as dressing i think but is yeah. interested in what it actually means <clears throat> but i don't i never really got the get the feeling that discovery does discovery honestly if you want to compare both of these shows discovery feels more like a reference fest than lower decks does at this point because i feel like lower decks you can kind of parse out 
why they're doing this and what their sort of approach to the universe and their thoughts of the universe are. Whereas Discovery just feels like, oh, we're making a Star Trek show. Mm -hmm. I would say that Lower Decks' perspective is actually what we get criticized as a podcast about occasionally, which is that there's always this dumb comment that uh, you can't review Star Trek episodes in the year that you're watching them. You have to go back into the mindset of 1966 and you have to review it in the mindset of 1966. What Lower Decks is doing is looking back. Hold on. Let me go get a pack of cigarettes and some (laughs) oppression, I guess. I'll go smack my wife. You get to have a butt and I'll be back and then we can just go to the bar for the rest of the night. Mm -hmm. uh, What Lower Decks is doing is it's looking at TNG and TOS, mostly TNG, TNG decisions and criticizing them from a 2020 perspective. So it's mm-hmm. it's because Mariner has a lot of points about like the prime directive isn't ethical, which I think that TNG believed, but I think that the, the majority of criticism of the prime directive at this point is that it's, this is not really a good system that you've got going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lower mm-hmm. Decks is kind of obsessed with that. So I think it's a it's an updating of being critical of previous Star Trek shows, but critical in the sense that they question why they made the decisions that they made the decisions. Yeah. To do. Well, you know, that's why I think doing a prequel series in any form, whether it's Enterprise or Discovery and I guess Strange New Worlds, you kind of run into a problem because every every series of Star Trek allows you to look back because it takes place in the future. It, it takes place in the future from the last one is what I mean. So, uh, as a, instead, uh, except Sequential. for Deep Space Nine, yeah, yeah. yeah Deep Space Nine is, is parallel, but it's the beginning of Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine was created, obviously, years after TNG was, so you still get a little bit of that uh, distance. And they created that distance with the character of Cisco yep. and the setup of of what Deep Space Nine was about. But when you go back and you do something like Enterprise or Discovery, you kind of end up locked in to a certain extent with the uh uh ethical canon yeah to a certain extent you're bound um, you're bound to build towards what the next series is established like outside of it right and it transcends plot lines it transcends you can't kill this character because he has to become the captain of the ship that kirk Mm, runs into in 15 years uh it turns into you can't have their ethics significantly change or it can't right. they can't have a better version of ethics before kirk arrives on the scene right and right so like your your lower decks or discovery ethics don't work in the context of coming before 1960s star trek where you know kirk's backhand handing a woman if she needs it making love to her if she needs it. it's so it feels a little bit backwards and disjointed when you do it that way well and it's like if you look at enterprise enterprise doesn't have the luxury of, I mean, I guess they could have if they turned it into a, a, a story, but they, I don't think that they do. But Enterprise doesn't have the luxury of debating the ethics of the Prime Directive because their purpose is building towards the creation of it. Right. You know? So they, which gets you to a certain point, but it's like, I don't know. I feel like you, you miss a little bit of what's, what's nice about this franchise that it's constantly moving forward with the actual world around it, yeah. the real world. So you can kind of look back and, and, and take stock of different things. It's true. I never, I never really thought about it, but it is a good argument against... It doesn't really apply to things like Star Wars because Star Wars doesn't have mm-hmm. anything beyond good versus evil as its like core mm-hmm. dilemma that they're trying to deal with. Right. Uh, you can branch out into things like uh, Rogue One, 
which is a little bit more of a political take on it, but th- that still mm-hmm. feels like it's tangential to the main story arc. But Star Trek is um, different that way, where it becomes it becomes a hindrance to have to go back and explain why they were thinking things 50 or 30 years ago and why they thought right. that that was the best way to go about it. So you can't you can't take what is a natural, realistic, current take on something and stick it into the show because then you're stuck with the show that makes no sense in the context of things that came after it. So mm-hmm. you're better off doing what Lower Decks did. Just start later, do something with it. Picard would have been well-suited to do the same thing uh, and just sort of like yeah. move in that direction where... You're just re-examining the franchise. I mean, DS9 did it effectively. I don't know how often mm-hmm. you can do that, but you can sort of reinvigorate it by just looking at the thing and giving it a different shine. Yeah, when I was when I was talking about that, I specifically left Picard out mm. <laughs> because I don't really know that Picard does it either. No. Um, I think it tries to, but it d- doesn't really commit to it. Um I but mean, yeah, people rewatching if any, if any show. Yeah, people rewatching Picard now are telling us that it's about things that we miss. But I, I hesitate to absorb. Like I, I think it's the same thing. It's a show having a plot is not the same as the show being about something. And I don't think that right. Picard was about something. Right. Yeah, I think it. I think it tried to be, but again, I just think it. 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 It never really uh, pulled all the strings together. Um, and I think Picard would have been the best show to do that with, because I mean. What other show is is tailor made to look back and and kind of make a statement on on where the the universe is as opposed to where it was when he started his career? Yeah, but uh, shocking, know. shocking! They didn't. It's like just not. It's not touched yeah. on. What a failure! You got to have anyway. you got to have karate fights with incestuous siblings, I guess, and just. Go to the, the the Riker interview where he's like, Nepenthe wasn't actually in the original plot outline for this season. <laughs> they just added it, which you know makes it more you were commenting on. Why does Picard leave the Borg Cube? The storyline makes much more sense if he doesn't leave to go to Nepenthe and then just have to go back right. to the Borg Cube. And yeah. that's that's what it is. Like he, like he forgot his keys right, at the Borg Cube. Just, so he just had to get a drink. He's like, I can't battle the Borg yet. I'm, I'm thirsty. I need some lemonade. I'll go over here to this planet and do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Lower Decks, I think, I'm in, I'm impressed by I was impressed by this episode just as a it was like all the things that I wanted in the season finale that I didn't really expect that I wanted like mm. I, I wasn't realizing until I was watching I was like yeah they should just do a big battle thing and someone should die and so, and things should change for next season I I was really surprised by the amount of um board wiping that they did although mm. I think at this point in this current TV culture you're smart to wipe every show you do should probably wipe things after each season and deliberately put yourself in a position where you have to do something new next time. Yeah, I know I've brought this up before, but I always forget that the first season of the X-Files ends with them d- dissolving the X-Files. Yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, it, it's like it didn't even make it a season before they just hit it with a hammer. Um, <clears throat> and those changes echo through the rest of the series. Um, the one thing that I wish that they had done in this uh and I, and I thought it would a good place to I figured out a good place to do it was it, when they had that moment towards the end when the Cerritos is is uh, the the saucer section has like three of those clamp things stuck to it. And it's like the most dire situation mm-hmm. and, it, and it cuts to commercial, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that they had I wish that they had put up to be continued and then waited a bit and then done the and now the conclusion 
You know, if they're not gonna if they're not gonna extend it over two episodes, it yeah. would have been nice to to do a to be continued joke. I was um, I was I I don't know. There's a couple strange emotional impacts this had to me. Riker and Troy is one where I I realized I thought that scene was great. The, I, I, their sequence, I, yeah. I, yeah, I did not expect to to react as positively as I did when those two showed up. Anyway, sorry. No, it's good. You hit, you have like a in a way that Q doesn't really hit the spot. It does make mm. you go like, oh, like they are kind of like I on some emotional level, I see them as like, oh, they're familiar family members almost. Like they're, they're I'm familiar with these characters, and it's nice to have them enter this world, even if it's just for a moment, and you get to touch mm-hmm. base with them. Um, the other. I thought that the destruction of the ship that we don't even know about until this episode by the pack leads that opens the episode is actually kind of emotionally affecting when the thing grabs the warp <laughs> nacelle and then they go to warp and they blow up. I like the, it was um, a, the shot yeah, of it was them a, doing it was cool too. Where the, it's like yeah, a it long was a great pan. sequence. Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, the way that they did that explosion where like the warp, the warp jump explosion, I thought was really well done. Yeah. Yeah. No, it looked nice. Th- that was it. That was, I think the show is, the show has gotten me a little bit if I'm actually, emotionally impacted in that way out of thinking like thinking that the episodes are a little bit deeper than just endless joke after endless joke Mm. yeah and i i I liked um i think the place where mariner ends up is really nice actually because i i like i i liked the bit where she was like oh well if i just i can just put my mind to it and just tighten things up for a for a week and then i'll be off the ship someplace else and i liked her mom having to appeal to the other, the other more natural side of her and be like, listen, I need, I need a crazy plan right now. I don't need someone to tell me what's going to happen. What's what, what the book says to do. Yeah. Uh, I, f- I found that surprisingly effective. Yeah, no, I, I did too. It's uh, it, it was happy. I, I'm, I, I guess we'll cut it short cause I, I think we'll do a wrap up live stream or something. If not a live stream, we'll do a wrap up podcast. So it's, it's sure. uh, we'll avoid talking about the season in depth, but we will do that at some point. If it's a live stream, I'll let people know when it's going to happen, but we'll call it a day there. And, um, Jenny, final thought. Well, I guess we'll thank the patrons. You go to patreon.com slash the Penske pal. If you want to support the show, a couple dollars a month, you get extra stuff like extra podcasts. We just did, uh, well, the platform, which is for a special offer, but you can get other podcasts. There's like 70 sci-fi movies and stuff out there now. There's commentary tracks. We're doing a special offer. If you join the Patreon at the $5 level before Halloween, on Halloween, you will get a Halloween-themed Star Trek episode. We're doing Genesis from TNG. And The Platform, which is a sci-fi horror movie that we just covered uh, and talked about. And it's on Netflix if you're interested. So become a $5 member of the Patreon before Halloween, and you get exclusive access to those. They won't be available after that. You have to be a member on Halloween, and then that'll be it. Special thank you goes to the captain tier, Christian Pouch, Tark Latif, Chris Tinsley, Mike Burnett, Sean Cardinal Doomsday, Joint Mango, Matthew Cutler, Ben Douglas, Neil Brennan, Wet Ass Pineapple, Samuel Custer, Nick Sergi, Bradley Killens, Matthew Ross, Rune Venler, Nathan Elliott, Eric Johnson, Andrew Chola, Grim Santo, Point Extra G, Dwayne Hackett, Paul Orozco, Jordan Cooper, Derek Zajac, Kevin Reyes, Walter Teen Hero, Stephen Minton, Nick the Rat. Darth Mosk, HH28, Mad Courier 6, Jacob123, Jakey's Gamer, Patrick Seba, Captain Brazen, Kevin Lowry, Eric's Antoine, Corey Martin, William Scheisler. Thank you very much for supporting the show. Let us know what you thought about Lower Decks down below or send in a comment or talk on social media. Any final thoughts about this one? I don't really have anything. I think I wrapped everything up that I felt, but what about you? Yeah, I think uh, I think we got most of it. Um, Best episode of the season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I guess it depends what you're, how you're judging them. Yeah, yeah I would I, say so. It's in my top three, I think, uh, mm-hmm. which I can't remember reliably what they are. I'd have to look at the list of what the episodes are. But the, they're all in the second half of the season, I think. We had that stretch yeah. where it was like, that's a, the best episode. And then the next one was like, that was the best episode. And this one fits into that top three somewhere, I think. Did you, uh, did you catch the um, Star Trek toy helmet? Uh, in the background, when when Mariner's going through and dumping all the the contraband. Oh, really? What, no, I they don't. Have what is that, it? You've seen that? Have you ever seen that that Star Trek toy helmet? That it's like this ridiculous helmet with like a blue. Oh, I have. It's been on, on the Discord. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's a see. One of the things that they pick up is that helmet. Gotcha. <laughs> I think the the one thing we do need to talk about is uh, we get no break. Next week, right? Yeah, Discovery Discovery starts. That trailer looked fucking terrible, too. I I don't know if I'm just biased, (laughs) but that there's a trail. The teaser at the end of this episode for Discovery is just Burnham. It's just Burnham. I don't get. I don't care about this. Like this is people who are comparing Mariner to uh, Burnham. You're wrong. Like they're 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 not anywhere near each other. They're outside of being black women. Which you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not, gonna, <laughs> I'm not saying anything about that. Would but, you like to open that door? And no, go down I, that I don't. I don't, I don't believe that anyone criticizing the two of them is really honestly saying that that's the reason why it's bad. But like, no. that's the only thing those characters have in common is that they're right. they're black women, and it's like yeah. they're completely separate. And Burnham is a terrible character. I will agree with you, mm-hmm. but I don't think Mariner really deserves the same treatment. No, I think I think Mariner's t- turned out to be a great character. Yeah. I think we had we had some hesitations when it started, but I think they've really kind of uh, either either they had a plan or they figured it out. Either they had a plan and they they have uh, they have done their story to that plan, or it's something that they uh, realized at the beginning and and figured out a way to adjust. So either yeah. way, I think she's she's in a great place where uh, character wise now. Yeah, yeah, but it's just that that teaser for Discovery. <clears throat> Just Burnham talking sadly about things are different here. Oh shit! You're th- <laughs> is she, does she show up? Does she show up in the future before everybody else or something? The way she's the way flying she was talking, in, right? Maybe, are they going to do some time shenanigans? She's been there for six years. Is that why she's got braided hair? I have a feeling it's going to be something like that because uh. the way that she, because the way, especially the way that um, Tilly like runs in and hugs her. Like it's, mm. I feel like it's something like either, either Discovery got there before she did, or she got there before Discovery. I can see her because she's got new hair. Like she has to grow out yeah. her hair. I think. Mm. Okay. Great. <laughs> Let's call it a day there. Thank you for listening to Lower Decks. I would recommend people watch Lower Decks if you haven't seen it yet. I think yeah. it's well worth watching. Uh, it is filler, but it's a plus filler. I think in between the main Star Trek series. That's it. Guys, thank you very much. We'll call it a day there because I got to run, but we'll be back with a live stream about this in the future and uh, see you later.